Welcome to the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, your premier North American rugby podcast. Growing rugby, one fan at a time. And welcome rugby fans, it's that time again here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, where we bring forth the rugby that you need to know about here in North America. As an introduction, once again, my name is Ty the Sapper Braga, here alongside my colleagues Rob the Hammer Hashmit and Scott the Big Guy Ferrara, and more importantly, a new face to the show, bringing in some fresh meat, so to speak, through the grinder, he will go in the rant coming up shortly. But let's give a warm welcome to Rob Routy. Routy, Routy, Routy. two syllables. Jesus. <laughs> give it that in the beginning. It's all right. No, it's, it's, uh, it's one of the more uncommon Irish names. It's good to walk into a souvenir store in Dublin and not see your last name at all. And then go to one <laughs> one town in the Northwest and then it's everywhere. Okay. But, um, how's it going, everybody? Good. How are you? Good. Well, awesome. great, great to be able to have you here because what we needed on Thanks the show was New York people again. Listen, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, uh, well, it is a, a bit of a tradition that we are going to give you the opportunity to be able to talk about what you think is important around the rugby realms in a moment with the around the pitch. But before we dive into that, Rob, you're sporting quite the colorful kit there. Is it already that? time of year <laughs> oh what me this pretty this pretty thing yes i'm wearing it because uh it is mardi gras season is upon us all my good friends down there in nola are already celebrating with parades and excitement i've seen some social media blasts coming out from the team and from some of the boys they're getting together for mardi gras there's some team parades uh and so i thought i would dress for the occasion and uh just so everybody is reminded uh, about the hammer's wisdom. Um, what I tell you, the alternative kit was going to be the new kit coming out for NOLA this year. And I they just came out that. with a, it's, <laughs> I, I swear I didn't have any, any foreknowledge from anybody from the team. It was my guess, my intuition, my big giant brain that figured it out because nah. they were, they were raffling off the, the game worn Marty uh, kit, So I knew yeah. That was kind of coming. No, so. really, actually, billion dollars. Yeah, <laughs> he just had it on pre-order already and knew, like you know. <laughs> but, Not true. <laughs> all lies. <laughs> well, what won't be all lies is when we're going to be back in just a moment with what you now know as around the pitch, talking about rugby from across the rugby realms. We'll be back in just a moment. This ball represents the game. We love a game fueled by passion. But there are those who wear no number, nor are they in the locker room or the field of play. But they are there for every high and every low. Yes, they are watching every kick, tackle, and Try score. Yes, they are there for when you need them most because they are the Major League Rugby fans. And the time has come for you to stand with your team. Join us 
ShopMLaw.com today. gentlemen as you know this is how we do it it's going to be rapid fire with the news that fans should learn about what we think might have flown under the radar what should be given more notable uh, presence and we're going to start off with our guest this is a bit of a tradition here on the show that means robbie you're the first man up all right let's go uh so i just want to give a quick shout out and uh, congratulations to a future fellow alumnus of mine uh federico gubano he is graduating this spring from Marist College, and he is a two-time All-American, and I believe he's our, he was our first ever All-American last year. Uh, he is originally from Italy. He played for the Benetton Treviso um, Academy team and transferred here. And um, yeah, after this, he's off to grad school. And I just want to congratulate him uh, and Coach uh, James Kimberly and everything that he's done for the program because he, you know, since I've been there, the work he's done has really made the team a national contender, and I'm just very, I'm very proud of them, and uh, and how far they've come. So, congratulations to both of you guys and everybody else. It's awesome to be able to hear a shout out for local club sides and in particular players that shine on that platform. Uh, just a quick thing: if somebody wanted to be able to go and find out more about this side, where do they do that? So it's at Marist Men's Rugby, one word, uh, on all social media. Perfect stuff. You know, it's a big part of what we do over here. Not only do we want to be able to highlight the domestic game at its highest levels, but everything that helps helps it stand upon those uh, those platforms. So thanks for that good highlight there. And, and I realized that we did this pre-show meeting, and I said to everybody, I'm going to make Rob go last. And somehow he ended up going f- first. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> so, Ty doesn't write anything down. That's <laughs> the flow. Five minutes there. before you hit five minutes before you hit record, and right, then, right, yeah, it's oh, pfft, yeah, okay. So clearly, it didn't mean anything. We just wasted twenty minutes of our time before the show. You know what? It was <laughs> it, it was a good hang. Let's go with that. I like it. You're already coming back. So. <laughs> yeah. So let's continue this uh, this good energy and hand it over to Scott. <laughs> um, Actually, no, this is messed up. <laughs> I'm like going around the screen. Hold on. I need to hand it to the other Rob, the hammer, because you know Somebody what? Somebody needs to give Ty flashcards. We can, yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta write the ship here a little. I'm like I'm like the guy who picked up the ball and ran and scored on the other side of the field. Right. Right now. You're the guy who invented rugby. You're just like, no, I'm not none of this kicking stuff anymore. His teammates were tackling him all <laughs> along the out? way. Think you figured me out, guys? Ha uh-huh. <laughs> ha. All right. So all jokes aside, Rob the hammer hammer schmidt, take the floor, please. Thanks. I apologize for my raspy voice. It was a girls' sectional state wrestling sectional all weekend, and uh, we fought, we got our first ever qualifier at Lamont High School. So congratulations, oh, yeah. Susie! It's good to see her. I I, I got to get her in a rugby kit because she would be devastating. But uh, let's turn our attention to rugby. Um, I don't know that this flew any uh, under any radar, uh, but I want to open us up because I hope, I think, I believe it is something that we're going to get to on the rugby rant once we start to get into the the thick of the MLR season a little bit, but. Um, I don't know if everybody saw this, but NCR posted a letter of response to the College Rugby uh, Association of America uh, and the USAR. Uh, it was basically in response to a tiff that's been ongoing between the two. And this tiff is, is create a chasm and a divide 
that is dividing college rugby in a very significant way. But basically, this latest one has to do with NCR and the CRCs. We know that the CRCs were held in Nolo the last two years. They're going to be held in Virginia um, this year. But basically, the NCR um, said on Friday the 10th, this is last week, um, that um, the the NCR uh, in the past two years, when it was down in Nolo, purchased a weekend membership to obtain sanctioning from this from College Rugby America, um, and it was about a $10,000 cost. This year, USA Rugby is basically saying it's all or nothing. You're either not a member and you're not going to get sanctioned, or you're going to have every member uh, player in NCR that's with an NCR team register with USA Rugby, which is $35 or $40, whatever the college rugby membership is. It's going to essentially, the NCR is, is stating that it's going to cost them about $60,000 across all those you know, members and teams. And therefore, the implication is that the CRC, this huge sevens tournament with over 150 teams involved, men, uh, uh, men's and women's, will not have sanctioned referees. And I've talked to a few referees that are involved and uh, the big concern is they're being put in the middle. They're pawns of sorts because um, they're being told that not allowed to be involved in the CRCs of a significant event. A lot of teams usually well, you know, public uh, published on media um, on TRN. Um, and uh, you know, therefore we don't know what kind of quality official officiating we're going to get. If officials cross the line, so to speak, and, and go and officiate the event, because ultimately they're private contractors, by the way, they have every right to officiate wherever they want. They will not be uh, have opportunities for development and continue to move up the ladder. So this has significant implications and it, it's creating a lot of a lot of uh, red ass feelings around on both sides. So. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how it develops, and we hope to address this a little bit later and, in the season. And I love the fact you'll see how it develops, because obviously this is something that's going on right now, but it's not going to go away a week later. So we're probably going to yeah. have to revisit this at some time in the future, because it sounds, and I'm sure that you will agree, there's a lot to unpack and still a lot to learn. So I'm sure fans of the show could probably be seeing a conversation very similar to this happening in a rant in the near future. So as a rugby fan, let us know what you think about that by yeah. dropping us a comment. You can do so on our social media under the handle at rugby rant pod. If you think this is certainly one that you want to be able to have stand out in terms of what we offer here, let us know. We'll continue to be able to share it. Scott, let's see what you got for us. I know we don't usually comment on other people's uh, around the pitch, but <laughs> money grab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um anyway my, my around the no pitch, yeah my, my around the pitch uh near and dear to my heart nate brakely returns uh as the captain for 2020 oh, captain my captain Rutgers. oh captain my captain he was the captain in 2021 vice captain in 2020 last year he played in uh, all 16 matches starting in 14 um he, he has made i believe 51 mlr appearances uh since uh new york came into league in 2019 and he's an original member of new york actually signing his contract 2018 when they were playing their um their their matches eagle number 469 uh great to see nate back great to see nate being the captain yet again and hopefully leading us to another mlr championship in 2023 hey when you when you come to chicago uh and and for the you know hounds uh rooney game can you just make an introduction for me i'd love to just to shake his absolutely absolutely stalwart guy anybody you want he plays for 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 the iron workers he is a, uh, an, a u.s eagle and uh is certainly done a lot of service to u.s rugby absolutely, absolutely. 
Yeah, well, Rob, if right. that if that matches any other weekend but Mother's Day weekend, you'd be getting the double dose. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had to make yeah, a deal with the devil, that. by the way. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully if uh You if don't have to be at Mother's Day dinner, just your boys. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not gonna go to Chicago. One of my boys is gonna night. be at that game. He's I'm gonna, gonna make it I'm gonna make a time of it. Feeks and <laughs> and uh Big Bill Whiteside and a couple of the other boys at uh from LU. Hell yeah. All right, boys, I got my last piece to be able to jump in over here. And I want to be able to share with rugby fans a few more of the preseason results. Yes, I know the MLR is right around the corner for that first kickoff, the season start. Um, and the Chicago Hounds, things were on the topic, uh, went down to Panama City, Florida, to be able to compete in a round-robin matchup with rugby ATL and the American Raptors. The scoreline for the first matchup, which was kind of a, I don't know if we can call it a matchup, but a 20-minute bout between the Raptors and that of the Chicago Hounds. 24-0 in favor of the Raptors. Now, let's put this in context. That's coming off a loss against the Seattle uh, um, side the week before, I think, and was 47-0. So, obviously, a lot of people are trying unique combinations, probably for the first time, checking the depth of their squads. Um, And why I bring that up is that Rugby ATL ended up uh, coming on top of the Chicago Hounds in there for what I think was supposed to be a full matchup, right? You you mentioned that, Rob? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Although it's interesting to be able to see there wasn't a lot on the official pages, so we had to be able to dig a little bit deeper. And it looks like the streaming service that they provided live scores uh, indicated the final score was 26 to 7 in favor of Rugby ATL. Take what you will from that. It is obviously a preseason match and an unorthodox setup. Uh, is it an indication of what that first tide will look like for Chicago? I believe no. Um, but, you know, is it good to be able to get some extra uh, minutes on the field for, for young players and or to check your depth and combinations? Absolutely. And as we all know, preseasons don't really count until uh, you really put it into action on that first day of kickoff. And that's what we're all looking forward to here on the Rugby Rant. And yeah. who helps us do that week after week? We'll hear from in just a moment from one of our sponsors before we dive into our final rant over here for today, talking about the new announcement of a rugby side coming out of Miami to join us in 2024. So stick around. We'll be back in just a moment. Tidehead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tidehead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tidehead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tidehead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant Podcast show. Tidehead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark barrel-aged brew, Tidehead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tidehead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tidehead, it's worth more than a try. Wow. 
Welcome back, rugby fans. It's time for The Rant. And this one is a particularly interesting one as fans are always excited to be able to learn what are the opportunities on the horizon to expand Major League Rugby. And that has been answered very recently with the announcement of the Miami Sharks will be participating in the 2024 season. But before we dive into the analysis of the pros and cons from all of our ranters here, I wanted to be able to take a moment for our fans to be able to know what do we already know about this before we hand it over to our ranters to discuss it in much more depth? So let me take the floor for a moment and tell you what we already know is that 2024 will be the inaugural season for the Miami Sharks, who I mentioned just a moment ago. What you might not know is that their influence is largely drawn from what is said to be Argentina. And the primary members of this successful bid would be names such as Ronaldo Strazzolini, Alejandro McFarlane, and Marcos Galperin. Now, in particular, the last name is of great interest for a variety of reasons, but perhaps one of the greatest ones would be is that this is a man who is firmly a fan of rugby, played rugby himself, but also happens to have a pretty heavy wallet uh, backing his bid. And a lot of people have made comparisons to the former owner of the Gilgronis and that of the, uh, the Giltinis and how it is unlike that when you have somebody with money. And we'll dive into that. And I'm pretty sure more of my colleagues over here might be able to, to attest to more of those comments online. But what we do know is that at the moment, no schedule has been announced. We have no official date that they will be assembling their teams. Much is still left up in the air. What we do know is that Rugby Sharks LLC is an official company that was registered on the 10th of November 2022 to be able to support everything here stateside, and it will largely have a Latin American influence. Beyond that, the rest is to come. And we're going to hand it over to each of our ranters to be able to tell us First, we challenge them to be able to answer what are the challenges and the cons of this franchise coming in 2024. And we hand it over to you, our guest, Rob, first. All right. So cons first. Get these out of the way. Um, Miami is not the most crowded sports market in the world, and I don't know if there's a reason for that. Um, I think it's going to be any challenge that any MLR team thus far has faced is just getting the word out, telling people, getting people to care that don't already. Because there's there's going to be like I looked up the the club list in South Florida and South Beach. There, there's like there's like 55 clubs from Daytona down to the like um, right. the southern point of Miami. Like there's a, it's a, it's a big community. It's a large community. But how do we get everybody else in? That's going to be a challenge. Um, going with the Miami Sharks has the name recognition but it's of a fictional football team where if, you know, hopefully we can get, you know, get people to get the, to bridge the divide or that'll just be like, Oh, sharks. What's that? Oh, it's rugby. Let's go. Let's see. Let's see what that, let's see what's going on there. It's not like you don't have other teams named sharks, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For so, sure. and, and was that movie any given Sunday? Any given Sunday. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. 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 Really Maybe. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I do like it. You know, bonus point for just bringing that up. Uh, although somebody was a bound to, so maybe I should take that point away. No, um, no, 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 no,
it's Miami, Fort Lauderdale region, right? Because it's a really, really broad uh, um, area. And there are a lot of clubs there. So, yeah, there is a rugby community. How will they galvanize that rugby community? We don't know the plans. That's often one of the challenges for any new side. But in particular, it's even more challenging for rugby, which hasn't really got the roots and the reach of other sports that are, the American population is generally familiar with. So yeah. really good, solid opening. Let's hand it over to Scott. Well, there's a couple cons, um, and this is just looking at a couple of things that just kind of pop out at you. Um, Grapefruit League, pitchers and catchers show up on February 16th. Position players show up on the 21st, and on March 30th, or I believe this year, is when they start baseball uh, minor league, or uh, baseball uh, preseason play. Spring um, league, you know, yeah. I mean, spring training. Yeah, spring training. Um, you know, is that going to hurt when um away fans are trying to make their plans to go down to Miami and and everything's booked up because of spring training in the Grapefruit League. Um secondly, um I would say uh the weather, you know, as we get into the May and June, if they're playing outdoors, are we gonna have some of the issues we have sometimes down in NOLA and Rob Rob knows it it gets a little bit too hot for that pitch. We had it in Austin where Austin was changing all their games to mid afternoon, switching into night games, which has its own other thing because then the ball becomes slippery. Once that sun goes down, um, you know, that's something we need to think about. Um, also um, what, what, do, how we're thinning the player pool a little more. Um, we've yeah, seen, we, you know, we've seen more and more South American players coming up to the MLR to play. And obviously there's going to be a heavy South American influence, a very heavy Puma influence um, with the Argentine connection. But how many of those guys are going to want to come up from SLAR to play in this competitive league versus stay down in SLAR? So I think you have that, that they're thinking they're going to grab some guys and they might not be able to, and then it's going to thin the player pool out that we currently have. And then my last point, this is going to stick Chicago in the Western conference again, two years in a row. And I know Chicago really wants to be on that Eastern side of the conference because the East coast is the best coast, baby. <laughs> you bring a really good point. And that last one though, is just the, the, the conference balance. I mean, at this time we can expect them as the 13th team for sure. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But does that, yeah, we're back with seven and six, right? Yeah, so it's know? an uneven balance, which we did have not last year. When yeah. Last it? year. It was last year, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, which promoted, which, presented some unique challenges there now we know chicago's unfortunately fallen into an area that we think they shouldn't be so they yeah it's really good points there i mean it also does make the question does is there a 14th about to be announced as well uh we don't know we can only go with what we know right now and scott you've done a great job of being able to identify some of those challenges there one of the ones that i wanted to rewind back to is the player pool yeah, there are arguments and will continue to be an argument as we continue to add more teams is how much of this player pool can we continue dipping into before we suddenly reach the bottom of the barrel? Not that I like to refer to players as such, but, you know, we're, we're going to have to continue looking outside of where we are right now. Um, and if that means bringing in players from Slaw, how attractive will it be? So, yeah, lots of lots of questions right there that you managed to be able to highlight. So thank you very much, Scott. Let's hand it over to the hammer himself. Well, my first point was going to be about conferences, a little different spin. It was going to be about balance, but never mind. Got that covered. <laughs> Just for those who are tuning in, don't know the Fuck it, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. It was directed at Ty, not you. Wait a minute. You, because you just talked about, you know, the, you know, the hounds wanting to go into the east, not the west. I'm talking about the fact that, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. now you have a, a 13, 13, yeah, you, you're the edit master, you could just cut my whole piece out. 
Yeah, I might just do that. I, you know, this could be a three-man show thing. The, the, the Scott and, and Rob show. Scott um, and Rob's. But, let's do it. But, uh, you know, with 13 teams, I think the big issue there is you always have to have a team that's off each of the uh, each of the 18 weeks. I think they had right. an 18-week season then. And it, and it can create some difficulty. I think we saw at the end of that season, um, like Rooney had, uh, the last week off that was their bye week mm-hmm. was the, that eighteenth week, and we know that they were in the hunt for the playoffs, and it was a really precarious situation for it for for that team, and it has some serious implications. So I think San Diego might have been in the same boat that year as well. So I think that's problematic. Um, you know, there's a lot of D two clubs, but we know that um, a player pool at least a reserve pool is developed oftentimes from D one clubs. They don't have a D one club down there. So does that pose an issue? I think one of the strengths of Rooney's roster is always being able to depend upon Nyack and old blue for, you know, some development players or players, you know, young guys coming into the men's club from the college scene, developing a little bit and being a, a foundational piece for, you know, some of their Academy side. So, you know, uh, uh, will they have, uh, you know, do they have the player pool to support that? Uh, I don't know, but there are a plethora of clubs that will will acknowledge that. Um, I, I the sharks thing, like that, we know the sales sharks. We know of the uh, you know the the sharks in South Africa in rugby. I, I I would think that there's a lot of other names that you could come up with that would be unique. I, I'm a big fan of branding and using unique. How about the hammerheads, right? Because the hammer. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> something totally different. Um, I might buy a hat then, but something yeah. <laughs> different that's unique that that can they can make their own that sets them apart. Mm. Not only in Florida because it's a very very heavy sports scene with the Florida State Seminoles and the Miami Hurricanes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But um, something to set themselves apart, not just in rugby but also in the Florida sports scene. Um, I wonder if they the the Argentina player pool be stretched then too because we already know that currently dallas is the argentina of the north are they going to be drawing you know away from that potential player pool bringing a lot of those rgs up here um as well and then um you know one of the things that i have a big concern about and this isn't necessarily about the sharks and miami it's more about the mlr can they please have a dedicated process for how they want franchises to come or teams to come into the league. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we have all this. And know, share mystics. that with everyone. Yeah. You know, like they don't, they don't have a logo yet. Are we going to run into the same problem? They have pink and black, you know, the Giltinis, do they, does some iteration of LA come back and will they want their colors back? You know, can we please have some kind of counter? Hey, if you want to come in, in 2024, here's when benchmarks have to be met. And it's right. not only for the financial benefit of the league so that they give guarantees and we don't run into a Canaloa situation. And I'm not blaming Canaloa. I'm just generally saying that, um, you know, it created some egg in the face on both sides. It, can they please just set up a consistent, coherent process for which new teams come into this league so that it's clearly developed, it's transparent, and everybody knows what to expect and when to expect it. So there's not not this mystery and stoicism mm-hmm. about what might happen as the year comes along. It it just needs to be ironed out on MLR side. Yeah, 
lots of lots of good points there. I wanted to be able to rewind to some of them in regards to the player pool. You mentioned about clubs being connected. Sorry, uh, franchises being connected to the clubs, and usually there's one or two. You know, Beaumont Shore, Nyack. You know, all of those. They're kind of a feeder programs. I don't know if you gentlemen have seen this, but a little bit of the research that I did online, kind of going to a deep dive on social media, the name that kept popping up as the local side who's projected to be that connection is Trident. Uh, Trident, yeah. Trident. Uh, so it appears this name is not just one that I've seen. You guys have seen it. Um, yeah. A couple of the interesting points that I got and when I did a little bit more research as to a possible uh, player pool to draw from, they've got four players uh, last year who are part of the South Panthers organization. So they've obviously got some... Uh, some pedigree there um, and f- only four or five of their existing starting 15 uh, that's scheduled to play the season uh, is identifying themselves as originally born American. Um, so most of them made up of Latin a variety of Latin American influences from Colombia to Uruguay, Argentina. So, um, and then also Trident competed against the Austin Gil Gronies in 2000, sorry, 2021, um, in preseason matchups. So you can see some merit in saying this might be a side that could be that potential player pool for them to draw from. They've got a home base. They've got their own field. They've got their own clubhouse. Maybe it's a place to start, right? Um, so it, it seems like the rest of you have heard heard similar sort of murmurs uh, across, or at least the name Trident. And we'll continue to stay close to that. We don't know for sure by the time that we're filming this, but perhaps it'll become more obvious as time goes by. But what I wanted to turn our attention to as we continue forward here is to be able to talk about the opposite side of the coin, right? We've spoken about what the challenges might be, but let's talk about the upside here. And to be able to do that, we're going to throw it back to you to start us off, Rob. Yeah. I mean... Why not Miami? Let's go. It's a party city. Rugby's a party sport. It's outdoor. It's beautiful weather. It's bright colors. Just get everybody in there and just have a good time. Like I'm just, I just, just why not? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Let's see if this works. Yeah, I mean, and and uh, yes. I guess sweet and easy pitch there. You got yeah. the job. <laughs> Sounds a lot like the pitch for the uh, naming a team after a drink. That's another pro. That's another pro. This isn't, this isn't, a, this isn't another, some vanity yeah, project. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that you brought that up, Rob, but can you imagine how that meeting went? They're like, let's bring the greatest minds together in marketing. What can we call this martini drink that is from this person? Oh, Jesus. Let's think about this. Guilty. Yeah. It'd be uh, the Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, but you bring up a really an interesting point though, is Miami does have such a vibrant culture. It's alive. It kind of, it's if you are going to be able to try and engage an entirely new sector of of or demographic, uh, a new area, a new market, that's one that's been spoken about for years. Now, maybe not in this version of it, but many people have identified Miami would be a great place. So it's got a lot of things going forward in the same way that they say, why would you put a rugby side in NOLA? Well, because you know what? People come there anyways. It's a great entertainment hub. It's a wonderful place to be. It supports tourism. It supports the, a, a lot of great benefits that are secondary and tertiary reasons for you to be a part of the rugby experience. So yeah, great point. Let's hand it over to Scott. I'm still cooking. Let's get hot, baby. So the pros, one of the things, uh, preseason, right? We were talking about having preseason matches in warm weather. I'm sure, as Rob's new puppy is probably taking a crap on the couch right now, um, 
that <laughs> we're going to have teams who are going to want to go down there and like we talked about in previous episodes set up their away matches for preseason obviously down in a little bit warmer, warmer weather um mm-hmm. one of the other things that's a pro i believe um i know i know from from speaking with people there was three competitive bids for miami so there was competitive bidders three different ones and they were then vetted through um through uh mlr to get an ena um from that um they selected who they selected um i do want to i do want to uh quote um one of the owners marcus uh, galperin we are excited to create a rugby experience in south florida that will wake the passion the latin passion in the community and generate a sense of belonging you know we've had the issues with rugby atl and their rebrand and the fans feeling like they didn't the community wasn't part of it. So right now, um, you know, Mr. Galpern is, is talking the talk, um, but he's going to walk the walk and, and really bring that community where it needs to be. Um, again, why the hell not? Um, as far as the logo, whatever they put out recently was a nice little thing. I don't know if that's their actual logo or not, but I, I liked it. And again, the shark's name is recognition. You know, it's recognized in rugby. It's record San Jose sharks, of the NHL. So there are sharks down in the waters of Florida. So it makes sense. You know, Giltinis and Gogronis weren't invented yet. So like, you know, didn't really make sense. So I think the name is a little bit, um, is actually more of a pro than anything. And again, it's, it's, it's a good, good name. It's good to, to, you know, you can monetize that. You can, you know, have really good merch for that. You can have good merch for kids, you know, friggin' foam fins, the whole nine yards, one of those dancing sharks, you know, from the Katy Perry Super Bowl can be out there, you know? So, I mean, there's things you could do that I think branding wise. Yeah. You could play baby shark, although don't steal that. That's our boy. That's our boy. That's our boy. Ed Friedow's uh, try scoring celebration song. So I don't know if they should be stealing that quite like Utah stole the New York uh, uh, pitch uh, uh, tagline Utah recently or something. Yeah. yeah. Something like whatever they stole, whatever the hell. Um, but anyway, again, I think there's a lot of pros. I think they're talking the talk. The question is, will they walk the walk? Because we Dallas was talking the talk. Dallas really have you know has had issues with their local rugby scene with MLR players after their failed attempt in 2021. So I mean, we just have to see what's going to go on. I have a feeling this is going to be a little bit more professional setup than Dallas was, and I think they're going to be moving forward and actually coming in in 2024, like they say. So yeah. watch out for 2024, baby. So to, to your point there, you know, with the name Sharks, Sharks is a recognizable name. It's easy to market. It's easy to sell. It's easy to understand. It's got a connection to the, to, to the area. It's not way off base. You know, it's not like a Giltini's to reference that again, where just, you don't even know where it came from. It like had to be explained to you to understand what it was. You don't have to explain Miami Sharks. Although I do think there's maybe a missed opportunity though. If you're saying you need to be able to be connected to Latin culture, what about having something that's kind of more connected than sharks? Isn't that a little too generic? Isn't that a little bit off brand than what you're tr- trying to present right from the start? Uh, you you could take it either way. Maybe it's more uh, so um, more important to be able to have a wider reach than to, to than to, to pitch on yourself. So it can go in either way there. But I like that you that you pointed out the marketing value of it. It's simple to understand. It's easy to sell. All of these important things that you got to look at when you're building a franchise and in particular building a brand uh, that will become recognized. So great job there. Um, yeah, lots of positives there from, from Scott. Let's hand it over to Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt. So I, I think there are positives, and this is where I would bring in the clubs uh, and the club scene is there's, you know, as as uh, Rob mentioned, um, 55 clubs, a lot of D2, D3, D4 clubs, a lot of college clubs as well. So uh-huh. there's nothing short of a solid rugby fan base in which to fill those seats up. Um, there's also, from what I hear, 
uh, a hotbed of expats, you know, some SAFAs. So Ty will be, uh, you can get out of the Alo winners <laughs> and, want and go down and visit some of your countrymen. Uh, a lot of Argentinians and, and Chileans and so obviously down there to, to, to draw interest from that rugby community. Um, and speaking of the Argentinian, um, you know, foundations with Gal- Galperin, um, what's interesting about him, I think what distinguishes this bid differently than than Gilchrist is that he actually played rugby. He was in the U-20s development uh, for Los Pumas uh, with Argentina before he decided after college, uh, sorry, to pursue his college career up here at University of, uh, at, uh, I think it's University of Pennsylvania. Um, to get a business degree. So, and then his son Felix is actually in the development uh, and playing for San Andreas, I believe is one of the club teams. So he's got a vested interest in rugby is my point. It's not just his plaything, his toy, something to do something with his money and have some marketing fun with. It's actually something he's interested and in, invested in, which I think it sets it apart. Not only that, but he's a six bill. I mean, his interest, his claim to uh, you know how much his net worth is six billion dollars so it's a, a, a fair bit no, i than... heard it was 60 billion six that's zero. the value of the actual uh mercado libra oh right uh, yeah his value is at six billion but um which leads me to the point is that there's some great marketing opportunities right there mm. you know building the brand you know uh and it's like an ebay or it's a, it's like an yeah. amazon of sorts for south america so there's lots of opportunities to bring in um, you know, foreign investment, foreign interest, foreign money uh, into the games. So we shouldn't sell that short. One of the things I'd like to finish with is this, Scott, you talked about a messy ball for night games, you know, as we get late into the season, and that may be an issue. But can you imagine the rugby attainment that can go along with a game coming out of Miami, right? People go late in the night in Miami. So playing a game at seven o'clock, having a good game, then going out at nine o'clock, maybe there's some fireworks. There's a Latin American, um, you know, artist that's up and coming in the Miami area that's playing at the end of the game. And then people go out into the night and celebrate uh, into the, into South beach. That's what uh, rugby can build right. upon. It's something to draw fans into. I think it's got a lot. Of- in, in the same way, it's what like Nola had done with that, you know, the, 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 the culture of the city bottled yeah. it and put and corked it in the stadium. Um, Miami could do the same thing. And, and, and I love that you, that you highlighted that the rugby attainment value. And that's kind of one thing that, that you started with Rob, as you said, you know, Miami's a party place. Rugby is a great sport for, for people to enjoy it because of the party, the atmosphere. And, and, and if you really want to be able to sell rugby in America, everything needs to be a part of that rugby attainment concept. It's just how it's going to go, right? The entertainment value. And that's one thing I'll always say for the U S is they know how to put on a show. And if you can embrace everything that Miami has and use some of the same influences, the same vibe, the same energy and bottle it and uncork it in your stadium, you're going to have a wonderful experience. I want to reverse and rewind back to something else you hit home on is the business side of it for a moment. Uh, um, Rob the hammer is you identified uh, Mercado, is it Mercado Libra? Is that the name of the, uh, which you yeah, kind yes. of pointed out, it's kind yeah. of like the Amazon mm-hmm. experience for everybody right. in Southern America. So this also, when I did a little bit of research, um, has its own, now I don't know if this is a part of it, but this is a really big upside. If it is so, they have their own streaming platform 
through there mm -hmm. that they might even have the ability, let's just say, to be able to stream their own matches. Um, they already have Disney that people sign up through there. So in the same way, I guess maybe Amazon has Amazon Prime, imagining you could have your own sports uh, streaming service yeah. with your matches. Yeah. To I'm, I'm hearing that's actually tied to SRA, by the way. Say again? I'm hearing that that streaming platform is tied to SRA. That would be an interesting uh, uh, conflict, you know, or how they might manage it. But that's also another upside, though, is that right now, Major League Rugby had one large part of our rugby community not included in the sport. And we looked at options from Mexico. We looked at options from elsewhere. It didn't quite work out. It was a North American competition. Costs were too expensive. SRA has expanded now into the U.S. So we've now seen an overlap. Now, how now we now we see from MLR an overlap going from north down to south. So, I, it, yeah, so I, I just want to add one piece that you know we we're all into the streaming service, but I think you know one one issue is brought up to me is that I still think there's a lot of value in in marketing you know the game on cable, right? Sure. Not just the game yeah. of the week, but even the local game. The Hounds have done this with the Marquee Network, which has a streaming service, but also is available on DirecTV, which is in a lot of bars, right? That's what I notice is I try to set up, uh, you know, view, um, a watch and that's how you're going to engage the ca casual viewers. That right. Way. Like it, it, the Hounds, and I don't mean to get away from the Miami conversation, but I think it's, you know, when they go away, I think it's an important part of the puzzle they need to solve is, mm -hmm. you know, the Hounds, when they go away, they've already got bars that are set up that have DirecTV, have the Marquee Network, that they've already had as hubs where fans who are in those areas can go and watch the away games together. Do you want to tell us one right? bar? <laughs> well, I know the embassy, I know the embassy, Tristan Lewis, he's a Chicago, former Chicago Lion old boy, uh -huh. um, you know, in the uh, rugby hall of fame here in the United States, has actually got a bar called the embassy that's downtown. They're already doing nice smashes. So, you know, and then, and, and then the more uh, places yeah. to watch or watch rugby, any rugby really yeah. in, in, in a uh, setting and, like that, the better it is. Yeah. And of course, uh, Tighthead Brewing is going to be the other one. Uh, yeah, County, I, thought, uh, I, thought I was trying to set setting. you up for that one in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all jokes aside, though, it, it is a really good point, though, and it will remain to be seen these type of details as Miami starts to reveal their marketing plan, their operations plan, all of these things, and we'll continue to be able to stay close to the subject as we do here because it's a pretty exciting moment as we continue to be able to see rugby grow. Now, it isn't necessarily growing viewership immediately. We might not be able to see these metrics hit right away but it's clear to be able to see that there's a hunger to be able to make professional rugby even greater than it is as scott pointed out there were what did you say three bids for for, for miami right that's what i was told yep so so in order to be in that mix you need to be investing somewhere in the ballpark of at least 10 to say 25 million is kind of what we've been looking at over a stretch of a few seasons so clearly there's a hunger clearly there's a desire and MLR is in a position in certain markets to be able to have their pick of the best. And that's what they think they have done with this organization led by these three partners who seem to be able to have a great connection to rugby, at least on a surface level, seem to be able to have the business know-how and the acumen to be able to support a successful franchise and the game plan to be able to stretch it beyond American borders. So it'll be interesting to be able to see what becomes a reality as 2024 comes closer and closer. I imagine we'll get a few things dripped throughout the season, but I imagine we might not hear anything more about this 
at least for another two or three months as the focus turns to the opening of MLR 2023, its sixth season, and of course, at the highest level of the game that we can offer here. And we'll continue to be able to follow it one step at a time as we do so um, by building a game, one fan at a time with your help. And as we con- uh, uh, before we leave this piece here, again, a reminder to all rugby fans, you can continue to be able to tell us what you think about this topic or any other by following us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. We welcome any comments you may share to us or any single member of the team. Follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Now to you, Rob. Um, thank you again for joining us here. Your first time. My I'm pleasure. Sure. Oh, this is my this, this is my first this is my first time on a podcast. So, well, nice you've to, done uh, very well. You're a natural, my friend. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for the invitation. Now, Our it pleasure. is a bit of a yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is a bit of a tradition that, and I know we didn't prep you, so it's entirely okay if you. Let's go. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we like to be able to throw the microphone back to our guests for a moment to send a shout out to anybody they think is important. Anybody you want to say hi to, perhaps a shout out to an old club, anything like that. And uh, the floor is yours, whoever you may think of. Absolutely. Shout out to my wife, Rebecca, who's in the other room waiting for me to come out right now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Maris Men's Rugby, uh, the Vermont Law School Fighting Swans, and uh, let's go Ironworkers. We're running it back. I like Ooh. it. <laughs> Make the playoff sometimes and get, come at me, Rob. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's fighting words. I like it. I like it. And on that note, <laughs> again, thank you all for tuning into another great episode here. With you the have team. to go to New Zealand and buy right? all their players. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your team didn't think of it. Oh, we did this year. We got, we, we got it covered. They have all their foreign player spots this year magically. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. All right. Again, welcome. Uh, oh, sorry. Thank you uh, for, for joining us here again for another great episode with the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty, the Saffer Braga, on behalf of Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt, Scott, the big guy Ferrara, and Rob Rauchy. 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 Close enough. No, come on, say it yourself. Roar tea. Roar tea. It's roar like a lion. Roar tea. Roar tea. Never, ever shall I forget roar tea. All right. Again, thank you very much. It's been great to be having you. Well, and thank you guys all for tuning in for another great episode. And we will catch you at the next. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.